Welcome to Law Talk, brought to you by the Tisdale Law Firm, 254-634-8600, www.tisdale.law. I'm attorney Vivek Vaden-Reinen, and I'm back after a short hiatus. And, of course, the star of the show, who I keep who I keep stealing the limelight from, Shane Currington. <laughs> I am not the star of the show. I don't know. I don't know where you got that from. I mean, hey, let's be honest, Shane. This show doesn't happen well, without you. Well, the only thing I do is run the board, pretty much. I've, I got Camille to do her own intros last week. That's a first. I know. I think I, I always t- thought I was the only one brave enough to do no, them. No, I finally, I finally coaxed the other ones into into doing their own <laughs> intros. Uh, yeah, but. probably saying, yeah, Vivek does has been doing his since his first time out. That's exactly how I do it. I'm like, what? You get? I'm, 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 I keep telling him, what? You're gonna let Vivek do better than you? What are you doing? <laughs> Oh well, you know we're a comp- we're a very competitive bunch. Uh, you know we had a uh, we had a Thanksgiving party uh, not too long ago. Oh really? And, and I wasn't invited. What the heck? Well, I mean, I'll, it, that's uh, you know it, it was kind of an we always have these impromptu parties. Yeah, that we yeah. Go through and then uh, so part of that involved uh, a, a, car, a little card game where you know we put they put a bunch of spoons in the middle mm-hmm. of the table. Okay. And uh, there, you know, you're playing your cards, and you have to get seven of one type of card. Okay. So like set, like you have to get like seven nines or seven aces or seven sixes or something okay. like that. And then once someone gets one, you you make a beeline for the, um, you make a beeline for the spoons. Okay. And uh, when we played that game, I realized how competitive a bunch I work with. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why was Camille throwing spoons or something, or Devin? Uh, I mean, <laughs> jumping yeah. over the table. Well, <laughs> we did have a few people jumping over the table, but uh, you know, uh, Camille was just very competitive. Yeah, my yeah. pair, my paralegal Joey was very competitive. Uh-huh. Um, needless to say, I put both of them out. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. That was, <laughs> you know, and then uh, Devin put Kate out. Yeah, you know, it was. Uh, I mean, it was a lot of fun. Well, so. that's good though. I mean, you need fun over the holidays, you know. You know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that. And stuff. then yeah, New Year's. Yeah, I, I think New that's Year's. too. I think that's too much fun for too some much. people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, this is the one time of year where you don't do much work. I mean, right? That is. I mean, that is true. <laughs> um, you know. Oh uh, gosh. Jeez. Uh, from you know, for me, usually New Year's involves uh, one thing, and it's CFP. Oh, oh yes, the college football playoffs. Oh, uh, yes, right? and then after that is, of course, you know, Black Monday when all the coaches, mm-hmm. you know, get the pink slips, and then you know the, right. the searches begin and all of that stuff. Well, there was um, uh, I I, w- I was reading about the the coaches that that were already turning over in the in the college ranks, and I'm like. Are you kidding me? I, I'm, uh, you know, being a Jackson, Mississippi boy. I'm, yeah. You know, Deion Sanders to Colorado. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of Mississippi, Mississippi State. Oh my goodness, that's it's that's horrible. That's it's, terrible, isn't it? Uh, you know, my heart goes out to the Leach family and Missis and uh, you know Starkville and Mississippi State. Uh, Bulldogs, really. Yeah. Oh yeah, Lubbock, uh, Pullman, all yep. that. That was just sudden. I mean, you hear that he had a sudden health emergency. 
and then he went to the rural hospital over there and then uh he actually went to the hospital where i was born crazy thing so uh you know it's very sad uh it's a very sad chain of events uh for um mississippi state obviously dealing with death is a difficult issue and uh you know losing your coach thing you know the captain of the ship but I, I do trust Zach Arnett in this situation. Well, I do too. But but I mean, when you think about it, he he wasn't just a football coach though. He was the architect of the air raid. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, him he, and Hal Mummy. Yeah, and, and the and, funny and, thing is, both of them coached in Mississippi. Oh, really? Yeah, because Hal Mummy Hal Mummy coached at Bellhaven University. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, around from 2014, I think. To but, 20. but the Mike, Mike Leach coaching tree goes goes very broad right. when you think about right. it. Um, he's he's had a lot of assistance underneath him, and he's he's been instrumental in in I mean converting football pretty much because before. Before Leach in the air raid, most of college football was ground and pound. Yeah, well, Steve Spurrier actually changed that. But and, yeah. another, and another thing is Mike Leach's speeches were oh, gold. Oh yeah, and Mike Leach was a was a lawyer. Yeah, that's true. He went to Pepperdine. He went to Pepperdine. That's right. That's yeah, right. He, uh, you know, you know, um, other football personalities that were uh, that are lawyers. Steve Young. Oh, I didn't know that. Steve Young. Derek Dooley. I didn't know that. Yeah, Derek Dooley was also. How do you? How <laughs> so? How Derek do you Dooley, go from... Derek Dooley practiced law for a while, and See, then he I didn't went, knew that. And then he uh, became a coach. How do you do that? How do you go from a lawyer to a coach? Well, in Derek Dooley's case, his dad was uh, a coach for uh, for Georgia for a long oh, okay. time. Vince Dooley. Okay. So uh, nepotism really kicked <laughs> in there. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Uh, that's what it was, and then. Um, Steve Young, after he retired, got his law degree from BYU. Okay, so that was after he retired. Because I didn't know Steve Young had had gotten his law degree. Yeah. I, I just, I, I, I knew he had graduated from BYU, and that's where he came from, mm-hmm. before he was drafted by the Buccaneers. But uh, I didn't know he went back to get his law degree. Yeah, and then he passed the Utah bar. Yeah. So. You know, much wow. props to him. Well, wow, yeah, no kidding. Because, I mean, passing the bar anywhere is kind of like... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it brings back crazy memories for me, you know. Um, well, we're going to talk about the college football playoffs later, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think we were going to dedicate the whole last segment of it for that. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, obviously, you know, today we, we've got, you know, the rest of the segments we do have, and um, we're going to be talking a lot about contracts 101 oh really so basic contract law basically i I like that right because i i find that a lot of people their issues legal issues stem from contracts Mm -hmm. and a lot of people kind of under you know have some you know need to understand what contracts are where contracts are formed how they're formed um whether they need to be in writing or not whether they need to be signed or not um, and what rudimentary things need to be. Well, you know, in, in all my discussions with attorneys, it's, it's a basic tenet that if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. Well, the statute of frauds has a lot of different exceptions of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to be talking about that very soon. Mm-hmm. 
um, with this. Um, we'll be right back with Law Talk, with, brought to you by the Tizio Law Firm, after these messages. Are you drowning in debt? Are you afraid to answer your phone? If you are struggling to pay your bills each month, there may be a solution. Filing bankruptcy can help you start fresh. My name is Josh Tisdale. My team at the Tisdale Law Firm helps families from all walks of life. I offer free initial consultations to determine what your best course of action should be. Call Josh today at 254-939-8600 or find him online at tisdale.law. Welcome back to Law Talk, brought to you by the Tisdale Law Firm, 254-634-8600, www.tisdale.law. Um, all right, Shane, uh, contracts 101, are you ready, kids? Well, let me ask you this. Contract law is the basis for pretty much everything we do, all the way from landlord, tenant to cars, you know, cars, buying of selling of things, all the way to the guy painting your fence. Yeah, the guy painting your fence or NFL contracts. Even. Oh, yeah. My, right? favorite, my, my favorite kind of contracts. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Well, no, college coach contracts, let's be honest. <laughs> um, that's true. So, right. And basically, it comes from the rudimentary definition, like, what the elements of a contract are. Um, obviously, a contract is basically just an obligation for one person to do something else. There are two types of contract. There are two major types of contracts. One's a unilateral contract where one person promises to do something, a bi- or a bilateral contract, which means both parties promise to do something. Um, in order to form a contract, you need um, you need three things basically an offer an acceptance and a cons- and consideration all right what's an offer an offer is a manifestation to do something all right um all right an acceptance is obviously a response in the affirmative saying you know a response in the affirmative consideration is whatever the value is that's given in the contract all right let's talking about offers Shane, have um, are you watching Netflix recently? Oh yeah, I watch Netflix every day. Okay, have you have you seen that uh, thing about the uh, Pepsi Harrier jet? No, I haven't seen that one. Okay, so here's what happened. Back okay. in the old days, there was a Pepsi commercial where they were bringing out you know all those points. You know, they were like hawking out points and they were saying, yeah, you could get a candy bar for like 500 points or you could get for a thousand points. And then they said that you could get and then they had a commercial that said that you could have a get a Harrier jet, which is um, a uh, fighter jet. I remember like a million points. I remember that. And someone got that many points and they wanted that Harrier (laughs) jet. Exactly. I remember that. And yes. this is actually a um, thing on Netflix for right now, folks. Uh, it's a, they've, they've got a 
kind of a document. I don't know if it's a documentary or if it's a reenactment, folks. But I mean, it's. I mean, obviously, watch with discretion because I think the it's not parentally friendly. But obviously, you know, that's the best example of whether it was an offer or not. And they actually said that Pepsi really meant the Harrier jet. So they had to find a way to find a Harrier wow. jet for that person. Wow. I, I don't understand how you could drink that much Pepsi, though. Uh, I really don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pepsi sometimes smells, tastes like toothpaste. <laughs> you know. But still, a Harrier jet. That's it's, a lot of points. Yeah. I, well, I mean, and that kind of thing is, you know, uh, like... It's things like that. Uh, yeah. There's another famous case that we go through in law school. It's called Lucy versus Zemer, where uh, two people are at a pub. They're having a good time. One guy gets uh, as high as a Georgia pine, and that's the verbiage of the case. <laughs> um, he was drunk out of his wits, and he jokingly said, Oh, hey, I'll sell you my property. And the other guy who was kind of in his sense, he's like, all right, he's like, all right. And he's like, and so then the wife's going on. And he's like, what the heck are you guys doing over here? He's like, oh, nothing. We're just cracking a joke over here. Mm-hmm. And even though he tried to say that the offer was made in jest and that it was taken serious, they, t- they, they made it seem as though he took it seriously and he had to end up selling his property. You're kidding. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, you know, offers are a big thing like Shane I will give you one bottle of water mm-hmm. if you um, you know give me five bucks um, okay yeah so that's an offer right there okay so so if even even though if you might be joking or something like that if you make an offer it's still an offer it's all about your state of mind okay whether you like are expected to be like meaning it or not like if you like it's obvious you're cracking a joke over here yeah then you're fine but if there is some inkling that you are probably like joking around about it mm-hmm. then you know there's something there Okay. Yeah. So, and then... Well, I mean, what about... I mean, the the guy in your example was inebriated beyond belief. Yeah. How How is that an offer if you're, you know... He got his wife, who was sober, to sign it. Oh, no. That's... And then there oh. was some earnest money involved that he took as well. Oh, no. Yeah. So, even though, even though the guy didn't... didn't didn't necessarily mean it it because he had someone sober sign it yeah oh no and um you know there's some cases where you know you talk about um you know another thing is who can enter into contracts well capacity is a big and capacity is a huge thing you know um one of my professors in college you know always used to talk about how um, you know, a 16-year-old gets his driver's license. Mm-hmm. He's been working all of his. He's been working his tail off for a, such a long time that he decides that he's going to, uh, you know, that he makes like almost forty thousand dollars. Okay. Takes the forty thousand, forty k cash, and then he goes out to the uh, BMW. No, the he goes out to Garland Shelton okay. Nissan. Yeah. 
and then he says, "Hey, I want the that top of the line Nissan over there, and I'll give you forty. You know, I'll give you whatever money cash." He he goes through and does that. Okay. He is go- that is that even? I mean, can he though? Theoretically, it's avoidable contract. Dealerships don't like to do it because the the contract is voidable. So theoretically, what he can do is he could go out, drive the car off, trigger the depreciation, and he could bring it back and get all of his money back. Really? That's that's why when a child is usually buying a car, they usually require an adult cosign. Oh, I got So the adult is on the hook for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that makes sense, though. I mean, because most contracts, when, if you're under the age of 18, I, I, as I understand it, most contracts are voidable. Correct. Um, are, are there any contracts that are not void, voidable, though? Well, it depends on if you ratify it after you're 18. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. Like, so okay. let's say that same 16-year-old keeps driving that car until he turns 18. Mm-hmm. Then he then he can't void then he can't void the contract out. Could he void it like the day before he turns eighteen? Theoretically. 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 Yeah. Damn. All right. Uh, we'll be back with more contracts and more fun after this. You're listening to Law Talk, brought to you by the Tisdale Law Firm. My name's Josh Tisdale. I've been practicing law in Bell County for nearly a decade. People who are thinking about divorce often ask me, do I really need an attorney? If there are children or property involved, then the answer is yes. But that doesn't mean you need to hire me. You find someone you trust, someone that makes you feel comfortable. I offer a free initial consultation in a judgment-free zone. Let me earn your trust. Call Josh today at 254-939-8600 or find him online at tisdale.law. Welcome back to Law Talk, brought to you by the Tisdale Law Firm. 254 634 www.tisdale.law. What you laughing at, Shane? I'm laughing at you dancing, man. <laughs> hey, it's not my fault you got these headbangers on I know. So, so that was pure 80s. I so know, I'm over here doing like robot chicken over here. It's like so retro. Shane, Shane is cracking up. <laughs> but anyway, oh, all right, that. so, you know, going back to contracts, uh, there also exists something, Shane, called the mm-hmm. statute of frauds. Oh, kind of, is that kind of like similar to the statute of limitations? Just uh, Not really. Not really? Okay. It, it says that certain uh, types of contracts mm-hmm. are required to be in writing. Okay. So like what? Okay, so the most common... Uh, the mo- all right. So the most common um, are uh, co- contracts that are expected to be fulfilled in within one, um, over a period of one year. 
like okay. over a period, like a year, like more than a year. Okay. So like if you do a two year employment contract, that's gotta be in writing. Okay. All right. So generally, um, uh, you know, there was an old mnemonic we had to do for the bar called My Legs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's marriage, suretyship, sale of real estate, goods priced at 500 bucks or more under the Uniform Commercial Code, contracts that are not performable over one year. Um, there are ways around this okay. for sure. Um, so marriage. Yeah, that's when you all right. When you get down on one knee with that ring in your hand and you ask your you ask your girlfriend, "Will you marry me?" That's not binding, yeah. Shane. Yeah, I know. Oops, did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, to to most most women, that's binding though. You're <laughs> you're done. <laughs> well, the consideration is the ring. So, yeah, that's so, right. so so let's take a, a marriage proposal because okay. that kind of is a contract if you think about it. Yeah. All right. Obviously, the knee pain aside, the <laughs> offer is. I will marry you. Will, yeah. I, you will ma- like. Will you marry me? I will marry you. Well, in exchange I, for this ring, the considerations, the ring. Yeah, the considerations, the ring. But the the you know you're talking about a time frame here. Anything over a year. Well, marriage is kind of open ended. Hmm. So, um, it, it, does any contract that's open-ended kind of fall into that same category type thing where it, it, it has to be written down? Um, I mean, you know, like, okay, so you're talking about, so you're talking about contracts that are expected to be formed over the period of one, like, a period of more than one year. Yeah. So, like, think about um, an installment contract. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be in writing. Like, yeah. you know, a, a payment contract for buying, a, for, you know, you know the installment contract, you know, that they always give you at the dealership when you're buying a car. Yeah. You know, that's so, got to be in writing. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't know if it's going to be more or less than a year... Does it? I mean, because you don't know how long a marriage is going to last. It might, you know, if you're out in California, it might last three months. You know, <laughs> right? Um, it, but but if it's open ended, such as with a, a marriage contract, I mean, do you have to write it down? Well, or, the well the marriage contract. Well, here's the thing: you end up writing it. You end up writing a marriage down when you apply for your license. Yeah, the li- the marriage license. Yeah, I get that. But yeah. what about something that, you know, it's not necessarily regulated? Mm. That is a very tough question because obviously, you know, there are very few things that are open-ended the way a marriage is. Yeah. Well, let's say construction on on a on a house or something. Mm-hmm. You you I I would think you would want to sign a contract for that cuz you don't know you don't know when that's going to be finished or not. And also, well, don't forget, you're also likely dealing with with goods and services over the five hundred yeah. bucks yeah, as well. That's as right. That. Yeah. And that's one thing you always have to to kind of weigh mm-hmm. is whether it is a services contract more yeah. or a goods contract more. So oh, let's really? take it. Yeah. So let's take okay. a. All right. So we go out, go to the Apple Store, we buy uh, or go to go to Best Buy, and we buy. Um, a new PC with a Geek Squad contract. Mm-hmm. What has more 
what is where's the emphasis is the emphasis more on the pc or is it more on the geek squad contract shane well i would think it would be more on the pc because that's of known value well you're more so buying the pc but you're buying the geek geek squad contract for um insurance policy kind of thing yeah yeah that, so that's that so that's where you know the good so that's why the good so that's why since it's that's a good where it's likely more than five hundred dollars just mm-hmm. the way pcs are going that's why that has to be in writing oh okay. but if you I just get that geek squad contract you can just say hey you, you will you guys do this and they say yes that's a that's possibly an enforceable contract because it's verbal or just because it's a services contract. A services contract yeah okay okay i got you but got meanwhile you. you got a good w- worth over 500 dollars, and then the uniform commercial code um and then the sale of goods the uniform commercial code kicks in okay well let, let, let's switch to to um you know um uh, leases and things like that mm-hmm. you know property Okay, sale so, of property that's also governed by the statute. Yeah, yeah, sales. Uh, well, most of that you you can do with the title company too. Mm-hmm. You know, mo- well, I mean, and if you remember, you know, the real estate contract has to be, you know, there, it has to have a specific form to it. Oh yeah, that's right. Because it it, you have to require it requires the names of both parties. Mm-hmm. The, who's the buyer? Who's the seller? Where's the property located? What is the official name of the property? What book is it located in? Uh, where is which county is it in? What what lot? What what place? What uh, what plot? What plat? Yeah. And all of that. And then also sometimes they'll and then after that it'll say more commonly known as the address of the property. I gotcha. I and gotcha. Then obviously, you got to get both con- both parties to sign the contract. And you also have to say whether you, you keep the fixtures and such like that. It's that contract that the title company uses to execute. It's, it's that contract that the title company executes yeah. in the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that has to be filed usually with whatever county you're mm-hmm. in. Exactly. Right? Um, well, what about what about if you're not, not buying property? What if you're leasing it? Um, I, mean, same, I mean, it's the same principle. Right, it, you know, for whatever dollar figure a month you're gonna lease property, at you, and, this address, and and you usually in uh, the Texas renters whatever they have that boilerplate lease form. Yeah, yeah, which requires there to be obviously a term of the lease, names of the parties on the lease, um, wh- how many keys they get. Uh, what happens when they like the regulations of the lease yada mm-hmm. yada yada whether they're required to have certain types of insurance whether they uh pet policies such like that yeah but that but this all goes back to that that kind of offer acceptance, acceptance consideration consideration obviously the consideration here is the ability to use the property yeah and so, the money involved there so what i mean we only have a minute before before we go to break but what happens if there are no contracts? You don't write a contract. Um, or sometimes you can get around it by the doctrine of partial performance. Okay. Meaning that if you go through with what the contract was supposed to go through, the court can sometimes say, hey, it's still enforceable because they kept on going through it. So a great example of it is 
let's say you didn't write a contract with the guy that was supposed to paint your fence. Okay. Yet he goes out and he starts painting. Okay. He paints half. He you know he paints half of it. He starts painting half of it. You know, and you know, then he's partially performed on the deal. Oh. And that's a way to get around the statute of frauds. Okay. Well, speaking of the statute of frauds, we have to. We still have to go over that. We never did. Well, we did. Well, well we. Kind of, well, we did. Okay. We okay. did, Shane. Okay. But yeah, uh, uh, folks, we're going to be back right after these very important commercial messages. You're listening to Law Talk, brought to you by the Tisdale Law Firm. Two five four six three four eighty six hundred. www.tisdale.law. Back. for DWI. Even if you were drinking, that doesn't mean you're guilty. Don't let one night out ruin the rest of your life. Call my office immediately to schedule a free confidential consultation with an attorney to discuss your case. We offer reasonable payment plans and will work hard to make the prosecutor prove their case. Remember, just because you did it doesn't mean you're guilty. Call Josh today at 254-939-8600 or find him online at tisdale.law. Welcome back to Law Talk, brought to you by the Tisdale Law Firm, 254-634-8600, www.tisdale.law. All right, Shane, uh, we're going to keep chugging along about the intricacies of contract law. Well, I mean, each situation might be intricate and whatnot, but doesn't contract law pretty much boil down to simplicity when you when you... Think about the whole, um, you know, offer, acceptance, and, you know, the value involved. Consideration. Yeah, consideration. It's very abstract in some situations. And okay. then, you know, they always kind of, you know, sometimes you do have situations where people kind of don't understand that a contract's been formed. Uh, um, uh, you know, sometimes gotcha. they don't get, you know, sometimes they don't understand that all you need to make a contract is an offer and an acceptance and some kind of consideration. What if, what if they you think, know, they think you, they think you have to sign a contract yeah. to be under contract. Well, what if, what if, you know, none of those, um, so if if none of those have been met, then there's no contract, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what if only one or two have been met? Well, I mean, obviously you need an offer and acceptance, um, and that could be an, that could be one. And then sometimes a lack of consideration could be, you know, kind of weighed on by some. You know, it could sometimes be, you know, sometimes could be weighed by weighed by things. But consideration usually, it's kind of hard to not have consideration in a contract. Yeah, because I mean, usually you'd agree to do something like. You know, go through it. So, like in the civil litigation world, for example. Okay. You know, um, this is kind of where, con- like, we kind of had contracts or something. We have something called the Rule Eleven Agreement, a Rule Eleven Agreement. So, 
whenever two parties in the course of a trial agree on something and they agree to do something in court, they will file, they will have to, it's required to be in writing. It's under Rule 11 of the Texas Rules of Civil Procedure. And it's always commonly known as a Rule 11. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and so a Rule 11, usually the offer is, you know, you, you know, I'll make an offer to opposing counsel and then they'll say, hey, I agree about agree with it. And then the consideration is what the contents is of that Rule 11 agreement. Oh, OK. Yeah. Okay. So like that's kind of another way you can think through about it. OK. So there's got to be. So like this, I can. So like, I'm sorry, but I could theoretically. So if I'm Rule 11 to pass a hearing, the mm-hmm. offer is, hey, let's pass hearing in exchange for getting it reset. Uh, I got you. And then the consideration is the fact that we're passing the hearing. I got you. I got you. Well, what does the consideration have to be of value? Usually, yes. Usually, yes. Usually, okay. yeah. You know, you okay. usually want to have some kind of consideration. It doesn't have to be monetary. Okay. It has to be something that could bring value to it, or it's it's something that's being bargained for, a bargain for exchange in there. Ah, so like okay. it could be, you know, a car. It could be, you know, money. It could be services. Goods for services, even? yeah. Okay, services. So, so you could have a contract where I'll offer you such and such. They accept, and then the consideration could be they provide, you know, some other service. Yeah, right. or. You know, looking at you know, looking at a fee agreement between a law firm, the consideration yeah. is the retainer. Yeah, you agree to you know pop the retainer, and you agree to the conditions of representation. Uh, okay, okay, I got it, I got it. Um, so, so are there any like? I mean, yeah, we that's the basic structure of a contract, you know, but are there any like nuances depending on if it's real estate, depending on if it's services or goods or are are there any any are all those are all there specifics in each one of those? Well, talking about consideration, let's use let's use a good old sports example. Okay. All right. I love sports. Uh, who I mean, <laughs> what did I text you when before I got here? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk sports today. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so um, uh, there is a remedy uh, in lieu of consideration called promissory estoppel. Okay. okay, what is that? Um, basically, it's the elements of that are that there was a promise, there was a reasonable reliance on the promise, and uh, there, the, the reliance caused one party's detriment. So our sports example here is um, Josh Mc... Uh, do you remember a few years ago when Josh McDaniels took the job with the uh, Indianapolis Colts? Yes, I did. And then he backed out. Yes, yes. So... There was a possibility that the Colts could have said, we've hired all these assistants on reliance that you were going to come in for the job. However, you backed out. And so we're in a detriment because we've hired these coaches and we don't know if we want, if the new coach wants to retain, if, if any coach that we hire wants to retain or not. So they theoretically could have used promissory estoppel there and maybe even had him <coughs> kept him in the deal. Interesting. However, however so you can force someone to, to perform 
to the contract. Right. Even if they don't want to. Right. It's very. It's a very rare remedy to be granted, but it does exist. Interesting. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, but, well, I mean, but there's a lot of these force majeure clauses and stuff like that that call that like kind of you know detract from it oh okay so like so, if uh so like for example um going back to the covid pandemic um person offers a person a job pre-covid uh the covid pandemic hits they realize that funding's low so they rescind the so they rescind the deal mm-hmm. um this person says hey i've relied on going over there but likely there's a force majeure clause saying covid's being used as something called a force majeure or a force out of that person's control that um allows them to get out of the deal basically ah okay right so promissory estoppel is very it's very rare but it does exist sometimes Okay, and, and but but is it usually for those, like like massively big contracts? Um, usually it is. Usually it's used when there is no other remedy available. Oh, okay. okay. So like in McDaniel's situation, they were able to get just get out of that contract completely. Yeah. And not pay him a buyout. Yeah. For staying in New England, and then they were also able to hire Reich within within days. Yeah. So thus, their remedy, their remedy, they were able to remedy the fact that he reneged on the deal. Wow. Um, it, I, it, hey, con- yeah. you see how much contract law hits in our in our, in our world? Well, it, it it does. I mean, even if you're even if you you're not into into like sports or anything because you hear you hear all the time in sports you know contract this contract that coaches you know with with golden parachutes i mean uh, other than how simple can it be to write a contract Mm -hmm. well think about this a job offer is also a contract yeah when you get a job offer in the uh, uh, in in your in your email saying, "Hey, I'm offering you the job. There's your offer." Yeah, you write back in writing since it's a employment contract saying you accept the job. Okay, statute of frauds. It's brought statute of frauds brings it in. It, it is fulfilled. Yeah, an acceptance offer acceptance consideration is I offer you this job for this much money. And in exchange, you're going to work here. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I totally, I totally get that. I mean, contracts are almost everywhere. Shoot, you've got a contract. I mean, shoot, your driver's license is a contract. Oh, really? Yeah, you, I didn't know that. I mean, you think about it. The the the, the state of Texas says, "I will give you the privilege to drive." Mm-hmm. In exchange, you'll stay in good standing and pay the fees, the requisite fees, and you also agree to random screenings at DUI checkpoints. Implied oh. consent. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I. I mean, we're almost done for this segment, but you know, um, we need to talk about how contracts are written. Coming back. Oh, you know it. Uh, we'll go, we're going to be right back after uh, some very important news messages. Uh, stay tuned. This is Law Talk, brought to you by the Tisdale Law Firm. See you in a bit, folks.
of Law Talk, brought to you by the Tisdale Law Firm, 254-634-8600, www.tisdale.law. Well, we're done with the news, Shane, so I guess more contract time. Yep, that's right. Well, three segments of it, and then... We're going to call, we're going to talk uh, college football playoffs. Uh, we're, yeah, and we're also going to talk about our favorite college coach contracts at one point. Oh yeah, we need to talk about yeah, those maybe you know, kind of yeah. transition it before That's we right. abruptly just go straight into it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. So when we when we left off the last hour, um, I, I was I was kind of we were kind of talking about okay, how do you draft a contract? Well, the first thing you want to know, um, especially because, I mean, the, these happen all the time. Mediated settlement agreements. Um, some people just want to draft a contract with their person doing so. You want to make sure you understand what you want to, A, who the parties are to the contract. B, what you want the terms of the overall contract to be. C, if anything, is there going to be a choice of law clause? Um, what do you mean by that? What is that? Well, depending well depending on things, uh, you want to have a situation. So it usually happens whenever you're dealing with people from multiple states. Uh. So, like, for example, if um, you've got one guy from Texas and one guy from Mississippi. Okay. What law, like, and there is a dispute. Okay. Do you but sue what, in Mississippi or do you sue in Texas? Yeah, kind of like, kind of like uh, you know, whenever I've signed contracts, it, it, the last line, usually, you know, before you sign it or, or execute it, usually the last line is something like, "This contract will be governed by the state of Texas." Fill, fill in the blank. Yeah. Right. And that's done usually because some states laws are better suited for their contracts versus others oh really texas i mean hey the easiest one texas versus california oh yeah (laughs) i mean that's that's a that's a popular one don't don't get me started (laughs) yeah exactly texas versus new york Uh same thing um you know like uh and then sometimes there's an arbitration clause in there so what's arbitration you know, arbitration is uh, when you go into basically private court. Mm-hmm. Some say that you they want to have everything um, settled by mediation. Mediation yeah. is when you get a third party in there, and then you basically are spitting out off like offer after offer after offer until you either get a media a settlement agreement or you get an hit an impasse. Yeah. 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 Usually most contracts, I mean, it, depending on the contract, will have, you know, an arbitration or mediation. This, you know, this contract, you know, can be arbitrated. But if an impasse comes in, then, you know, it goes to whatever court. What form selection yeah. there is. Yeah. I mean, a great example. I mean, I, I'm curious if there are any any arbitration contracts that say that it was gonna, it's going to be arbitrated by Judge Judy. Because <laughs> she is an arbitrator. She is an arbitrator. I mean, when you go to, when you, when, I mean, yeah, they stage it like a court. 
right? But but it's it's really binding arbitration. Well, she used to be a family judge. She did. Yeah, yeah. Judith Scheinlin used to yeah. be a family judge, and now she's doing arbitration on TV. It's yeah. Oh, it's pretty entertaining. My favorite one is when she, uh, you know, castigated that a young man for dancing on some dude's car. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know that one. <laughs> Usually, oh. you know, um, sometimes. So my grandparents used to live in my grandparents used to live in Canada, um, you know, for a long time. And so when we I would be visiting them, you know, we would um, my dad and I would be in like the their basement. Uh, and they had I have a little TV in there, and we put on Judge Judy because that was what would come on on cable, and we'd be laughing our heads oh, off. Oh, I know. She gives it to him. I, I I've, I've yet to understand how she hasn't, uh, you know, and what's <laughs> been her, sued or something. Yet. And what is her catchphrase whenever there's a contract dispute? Where's the contract? Exactly. Yeah. Where's the contract? Show me the contract. And that's that's and then that's something mm-hmm. that you know I usually whenever there is a contract dispute I like to do is I like to look at the contract see if there is a way to get through it. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you're concerned that there's a breach of contract, but whether or not the other party has committed a breach or as well. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, I've seen, you know, it's talking to about Judge Judy, you know, I, I've I've heard her, you know, ask for contracts, and the litigants hand up, you know, a a a napkin of some sort with just scribble on it. Well, that case I was telling you about, Lucy versus Zemer. Yeah. The the whole contract was drafted on a cocktail napkin, Shane. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Like it doesn't really matter what it's drafted on. It doesn't have to be like typed up and such like that. If you write on a sheet of paper, I do the, I choose to do this, and you sign it, it could theoretically be an enforceable contract. Really? Mm-hmm. It, there's no standard for how it's written, what it's written on, uh, if it's we, been notarized. <clears throat> there uh, are certain things we like, we prefer. Okay. But theoretically, a contract could be written on a piece of toilet paper. Wow. <laughs> Theoretically, <laughs> we don't like it, but it's possible. <laughs> well, I guess if you're if you're at a bar or something, there's nothing else to write on. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Take, yeah, take a quick trip to the bathroom yeah. and start writing. Yeah, here, let me let me go get some toilet paper real quick. Wow. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, but but. It, the the basic premise of of what we're talking about and we only have a minute before we go to break but i guess the the premise is as long as the the three components of a contract are written and fulfilled it doesn't really matter yeah what it's written on i mean yeah it's i mean look you can have an oral contract you know oral contracts you know they're a little trickier of course. Well, are, like, the, are those harder to enforce? Well, they're harder to prove sometimes yeah. because um, you know, um, and that's and that's where the partial performance kicks in. Uh, okay. So okay. like, um, I agree to. Um, so like, you know, sometimes you'll be you know in you'll be talking to your uh, you know you'll be talking to your your handyman and he'll be like, yeah, hey, can you paint my fence? 
Yeah. And be like, yeah, I'll do it. And he'll just go ahead and start painting your fence. Just you'll just get the paint and yeah. get your fence. Start start painting but, the fence. But once he starts painting your fence, you can't come back and say, no, I didn't tell him that. Yeah. Because well, why would he be painting your fence? Well, yeah, there's partial performance then. Yeah. Okay. Or detrimental reliance. Uh, we're going to be right back after this, uh, folks. Uh, you've been listening to Law Talk, brought to, you, but you're brought to you by the Tisdale Law Firm. See you in a bit. Are you drowning in debt? Are you afraid to answer your phone? If you are struggling to pay your bills each month, there may be a solution. Filing bankruptcy can help you start fresh. My name is Josh Tisdale. My team at the Tisdale Law Firm helps families from all walks of life. I offer free initial consultations to determine what your best course of action should be. Call Josh today at 254-939-8600 or find him online at tisdale.law. Welcome back to Law Talk, brought to you by the Tisdale Law Firm, 254-634-8600, www.tisdale.law. We're going to be back on our contract crusade. Isn't that right, Shane? That's right. Well, you know, it's a subject that a lot of people need to understand. Very much so. Because there's a lot of misunderstanding out there, but there's also a lot of neglect out there. Well, you know, I mean... Well, sometimes we'll just blindly sign stuff, sign contracts without reading them. Yeah. And we'll just be like, oh, we know exactly what's going on here, but, you know... You you know we really don't really peruse through it the way we really should. Yeah, I mean there's there's it's a good idea, and that that's the other thing. Okay, it I, I guess we need to stress to our listeners how important it is to read through a contract, no matter how long it takes you. Right. Don't just assume that the person sitting across from you has your best interest at heart well yeah right folks even if it's very boilerplate you want to understand what you're signing up for yeah that's most important yeah you want to know what you're signing up for and you want to understand every piece of it so that you are not in breach that's right that's right because there might be a little bitty fragment or, or sentence in there that you know so you skip over something and <clears throat> you're in breach all of a sudden. So Shane, one thing um, I had, you know, my uh, my car's uh, finance contract says that I can't take my car into Mexico. If I hadn't read the contract, I would have known that. Really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. I, that's, okay. It, it's it's kind of an oddity because they're okay with taking car, their cars to Canada, but they're, <laughs> but they're not okay with taking them to Mexico. I'm like, what's going on oh, here? I know. What's going on there? So yeah. if you if if you take your car, if, if, let, let's say this: if you're if you're if you live in El Paso, yeah. and then cross the border over into Go Tijuana, isn't that wait? Isn't it Juarez? Or, or yeah, Juarez. Yeah, Tijuana is over in California. California. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, if you go over into Juarez, I mean, technically you're in breach of contract. But yeah. Even though it's literally right there. Yeah. You literally go into Mexico and then come back in. Yeah. Or if you make a wrong turn at the at Juarez, yeah, same thing. Yeah, same thing. Oh my gosh, that. But but see, you know, they they write those things in contracts for a reason. I mean, life insurance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some you know that's basic contract law right there, right? Um, they could they could put a, a suicide clause in your life insurance policy, and if you don't read it, you know you might you, you might think that you know yeah my my spouse will get a million dollars, but you haven't read your policy. Um, yeah, I mean, and then car insurance. Yeah, car if, insurance. If someone on not on your policy drives your car, and it's in there, then you're on the hook, and then and they get into a wreck, they're, you're on the hook for it. Yeah, that's right. I've seen that. I've seen that way too long, way too many times. You know, my dad was a a state farm agent, you know, for like 30 years. And one of the things he used to get mad at me about was that I would drive someone else's car and let them drive mine. And uh, and one day I was just like, what, what, what's the big deal? You know, I'm, I'm, I have insurance. I'm, you know, I'm on your policy, you know, this, that, and the other. He was like, no, it doesn't follow the person. It follows the car. Or what if, or how about this one? What if the, um, um, you know, you're an HMO mm-hmm. and you don't see the doctor that they say you have to see? Yep, that's right. They might not be, they, they might, they might say we ain't covering this. Yep. Or we won't, we'll cover a fraction of it. Yeah. Well, that happens all the time, but a lot of people don't read their their policies. Yeah. I mean, a PPO, you don't have that issue, but an HMO yeah. especially, you've got that problem. Yeah. But, every, but, but what's funny is some HMOs are different than others. Exactly. And, and that's why you have to read the policy because the policy is your contract. Exactly. With that, with that company. And if you don't read it, guess what? You might be out of luck at some point mm-hmm. because you didn't read. Um, so that's that's the important part, in, in my mind, is reading what what you're signing before you sign it. Exactly. You always read a contract before you sign it. It's always been a rule of thumb. You know. You know. It's always been something my family's taught me, and I mean, I've. Uh, <laughs> And, I, and then, I mean, I've always been kind of paranoid about it. Law school especially has made me a little bit more paranoid about <laughs> about it because I know some of the things that people have signed themselves up for. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's hilarious to, to listen to, to stories of contracts that people have had to fulfill. Mm-hmm. Not because they didn't want, not because they wanted to. It's because they had to. <laughs> they had to. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's, I mean, it's kind of not a laughing matter, Shane. Yeah, but I mean that being said, though it's 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 sad. It, yeah, in some ways that you know we understand that people get into contractual agreements and such like that. Yeah, I mean it's not funny when it's happening to you, but from the outside looking in, it's it's especially when you watch Judge Judy. Oh, especially when you watch Judge Judy, you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Why did you do that? Well, yeah, and the problem is a lot of these contracts don't have like a recourse or a unilateral back out, yeah. walk away. 
Yeah. Um, now, a lot of contracts have contingency clauses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or like a force majeure. Yeah. So explain the the to the extent of a contingency clause. How far can you take that? I mean, obviously, a contingency clause meaning something has to happen. A force majeure is obviously something a for uh, like a force of nature or something mm-hmm. like that that is beyond the control of the parties in yeah. in the agreement. Yeah. So you know, going back to our our, our you know painting a fence example, um, fence falls down. Yeah, the fence falls down. That's force majeure. Yeah, um, but that that's also. Um, um, well, it depends. <laughs> did the did the did the painter you know cut it down or not? <laughs> well, let's say like did he get tired of painting it? Well, or or let's say something along the lines of you know uh, like a tornado goes through and just rips the thing up. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a force force of nature. Force um, majeure, right yeah, there. That, that's right. Um, and I mean look at and then I mean you know look at um, look at uh, some some of your airline tickets. Oh yeah, so a lot of those. If there's a weather delay, yeah, they will not assume responsibility for your accommodations or your food. Yeah, if you're like delayed or canceled. Well, there's a there's also in some of them there's a contingency clause saying that if it if it fills up, mm-hmm. that they don't have to do that either. Yeah, if oh like if it overbooks. Yeah, if it overbooks. Well. There was a circumstance that kind of will change that, but we'll talk about that after these important commercial messages. You're listening to Law Talk by the Tisdale Law Firm. 254-634-8600, www.tisdale.law. My name's Josh Tisdale. I've been practicing law in Bell County for nearly a decade. People who are thinking about divorce often ask me, do I really need an attorney? If there are children or property involved, then the answer is yes. But that doesn't mean you need to hire me. You find someone you trust, someone that makes you feel comfortable. I offer a free initial consultation in a judgment-free zone. Let me earn your trust. Call Josh today at 254-939-8600 or find him online at tisdale.law. Welcome back to Law Talk, brought to you by the Tisdale Law Firm, 254-634-8600, www.tisdale.law. Vivek, I wish we had a camera in here. (laughs) (laughs) So, Shane and I really love the uh, lead-in music, and so we're over here dancing. Uh, and, playing air, and we're playing air guitars too and air drums <laughs> air drums yeah we, we have a great i mean hey needless to say we have a great time on there so shane you were talking about airplanes getting overbooked yes yes that um, doesn't happen like you know there the the days of them saying that we are not financially <clears throat> responsible for that are kind of long gone Thank goodness. Well, it's due to an incident involving a gentleman on a United Airlines flight when they, you know, you know which one I'm referring oh, to. Oh, yeah. I know which one you're the, referring uh, to. The one where the guy literally got pulled out of his seat just to ful- fulfill an overbook. Yeah. And since yeah. then, they have been offering 
like ridiculous amounts of money. So I know I was on an airplane to uh, Venice uh, about four years ago. It mm-hmm. was summer of 2018. And um, the flight was overbooked, and so they were kind of like, "Hey, if you want to give up your seat, we'll we'll give you five hundred bucks." Starts off at five hundred bucks, like like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And then within like thirty minutes, they're like, "Hey, for two hundred bucks." Yeah. And then they're like, "For three hundred bucks." Mm-hmm. And then it got up to about a thousand dollars, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was to the point we were kind of like, "Hey, do you want to just take a bump flight?" And then just get there later and then take the money. Yeah. And then we understood why it had happened because that incident had happened mm-hmm. so um, wow. <clears throat> recent ago. Yeah, I, I've read in the news where they, you know, some <coughs> flights, depending on depending on how overbooked they are mm-hmm. and how, how uh, you know, they, 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 you know, how many people... Um, are on that flight right i've heard them offering tens of thousands of dollars to get people to take other flights right and that's kind of i mean that is also i mean it's it's bad for an airline's uh it's definitely bad for an airline's uh you know margins yeah but that being said, it's better than literally dragging a man out of your out of their seat and like you know getting bloodied up and such like that. Well, that guy sued, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And that's why this is going on. Yeah, yeah. He he. I've, and he had a good case for sure. He was just well, mining, yeah. He's minding his own business in his in his plane seat, and they just go in there and just pull him out. Yeah, they were they were. If if I remember the story right, they were they were just like, sir, you gotta get off the plane. And he said, no, I want to yeah. get on this flight. Yeah, I paid for a ticket. Yeah. And, and that's that happens a lot because airlines intentionally overbook their flights. Yeah. They, Southwest is the biggest culprit of this. Oh, yeah. Because they, they assume that... Um, no-shows. Yeah, no-shows and, and cancellations and things like that. They they automatically assume that. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. Or, or they build in a percentage into that. So what they do is they overbook by that percentage. Right. And and that's what happens. And, and so now the the contract you know now that the airlines have been sued basically or this one has been sued uh because of overbooking now they're they they put in some pretty sweet deals to get them out of the contract that they made because that's that's the other thing how do you get out of a contract that you've made that you've made? Yeah, that you've made. How do you get out of it? Well, sometimes you have to look at overall the um, terms of a contract, whether it gives you an out, whether the other party, sometimes, a lot of times you see the other, the other party didn't perform their duties of the obligation. That's one. <clears throat> the second is obviously to determine whether the... Um, Period. The whether the obligations have been fulfilled, then it's then obviously the contract's out. Yeah, but most of the time, don't you? Isn't there like a, normally a clause in a contract that says um, something along the lines of um, both parties can can void this contract by written agreement or some something yeah, like that? Yeah, that's the third thing I was about to bring up. Is okay, that, um, you know, both you can both parties can come together and say like, okay, let's get out of this. This ain't working. Yeah, and that's that's. Uh, but but 
you know, when you, going back to our United thing, um, you know, they, you book an airline ticket online, mm-hmm. that's a contract with the airline. Exactly. Well, it's, well, yeah, it's a license to get on their airplane. Yeah. And it's also kind of, yeah, you get on their, you, you travel, you <clears throat> pay them money for the privilege to be, get on their airplane and they and they promise to take you to where you need to go. Well, it contains the the, the three basic elements, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It contains an offer by the airline. You get this seat, right? Uh-huh. You then have to go in and accept that offer. By paying the money. By Yeah, and that's the consideration. Yeah. Right? And then also, another thing is, uh, think about their terms of service. Yeah. You can't bring oxygen on board. You can't bring mace on board. You can't bring baseball bats on board. You can't bring... Um, <laughs> a bottle of shampoo on board. <laughs> <laughs> That's a TSA deal. Uh, but like like aerosols, yeah. gas, flammables, um, baseball bats, you know, uh, kind of, you can't even bring them on your, like you have to bring them on your check luggage. Yeah, um, yeah. There yeah. are, you know, there are certain terms of pieces of the terms of service that do exist yeah yeah well i mean that's terms of service isn't that kind of an extension of the original contract though i mean to an extent to an extent i mean to an extent if you bring it i mean like like if you theoretically bring a baseball bat onto uh like in your carry-on on an airplane they can they can refuse you entry. Well, yeah, but what, it's just like also. Um, wouldn't that be in the contract though, where it yeah. says you know if you violate these terms of service, this contract is null and void, or or, or it, it, it could be void. Yeah, it could um, be void. You know, it? another one that's quite uh, that I know real well is Southwest Airlines. Oh, um, they have a policy that you can't be drunk and get on the airplane. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Right? Especially if you're in an exit row. Yeah. I mean, if you're, you're what, 15,000 feet in the air, 20,000 feet in the air. You you're know. just gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> I mean, like that they, just seems like, like common like, sense, doesn't like it? Like, they deny boarding for people. <clears throat> so, like, there was this uh, reality show called Airline that came oh, out. Oh, really? That used to come out. Yeah, it's on YouTube, actually. Okay. I need it, to go watch it. It, uh, it, it was out in the, uh, like, 2003, 2004, 2005. Okay. And, uh, yeah, you see all kinds of things. You see, like, drunk passengers. You see passengers fighting about, like, missing their connectors. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely, I mean, and it reminds you of the good old days, <laughs> for sure, like, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, because it was back in 2003. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, yeah, oh, wow. Well, I mean, what can you say? What can you say about the good old days? I mean, they used to let kids ride airplanes by themselves, too. Well, they still know? do. Um, they still do. They still have, the, like, certain protocols that you have to go through. Yeah, without the protocols. Yeah. <laughs> shoot, they'd let back in the day. They'd let back in. The, shoot, remember this. Back in the day, they'd let you go all the way to the gate. Oh, I know. Unfettered. Yeah, yeah. unfettered. You could go all the way down to the gate. Yeah, and, and then the TSA put a stop to that because of the risk. Yeah. Which is a good thing, but we only have a minute left in segment three. Um, we need to prep for segment four. <laughs> Yeah. Football, right? <laughs> yeah. So what new coaching contracts have come out? Um, well, there's one, Hugh Freeze. Yeah, that's right. He's finally back in the Southeastern Conference. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's his contract's pretty low. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It it's is. It's very low. It's uh, not kind of the... And I think a lot of that is because of the uh, buyout that um from auburn liberty owns, well yeah. uh, no well that auburn owns hearts owes harcene there's oh, okay. no okay. there is no way liberty owes him a, like that high of a buyout. oh no no you know um i i'm I assume like he wasn't even at liberty i don't think he was making as much money oh no he wasn't i'm i'm a i'm I'm a student of liberty, so I know. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't making hardly anything. But he's a heck of a coach because he got, he got liberty to a few bowl games there. Yeah, he and, did. And liberty was awful. Well, um, his salary um, at Auburn is six and a half a year. Okay, that's not bad. And then, um, you know, he at Liberty, he was making five. Okay. Okay, we're, folks, we're going to be right back after this. Uh, this is Law Talk brought to you by the Tisdale Law Firm. 254-634-8600. www.tisdale.law. Have you been arrested for DWI? Even if you were drinking, that doesn't mean you're guilty. Don't let one night out ruin the rest of your life. Call my office immediately to schedule a free, confidential consultation with an attorney to discuss your case. We offer reasonable payment plans and will work hard to make the prosecutor prove their case. Remember, just because you did it doesn't mean you're guilty. Call Josh today at 254-939-8600 or find him online at tisdale.law. Welcome back to Law Talk, brought to you by the Tisdale Law Firm, 254-634-8600, www.tisdale.law. So, uh, Shane, we were talking about Hugh Freeze. Yes, his annual were. his annual salary is six and a half million per year over Ouch. a period of six years. Okay, that's very low. Yeah, for the SEC, it is. It's very that's, low for the SEC. That is very. low. If he is terminated b- b- without cause mm-hmm. prior to the end of the contract, he'd be owed seventy five percent of the remaining money on the contract. Wow. So that means what? Seventy five percent of. Well, half, that's four and a half million yeah. per year. So four and a half million. That's it. Yeah. That buyout. I mean, that's 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 kind of an old contract that we're kind of used to. Yeah, but he's been out of the SEC for long enough where they're not gonna they're not gonna give him a golden parachute like they would Nick Saban. Right, and he also has a national championship incentive, uh, which would max his salary at ten mil. Wow. Yeah, so. that's a lot of money. Yep, that's a lot of money. I'm in the wrong profession. Shoot, I know. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, but you know, uh, you know, Nick Saban is is pretty much under his contracts is pretty much guaranteed all of it if he were to get fired somehow. Which un- unless it's like for cause or something. If it's just they're not winning, you know, he's pre- he's pretty much guaranteed all of his contract and then you know you've got like Deion sanders who's going from two hundred thousand dollars a year to the millions i I know did wow that 
Deion Sanders is one of the most um, high, high, highly, what, what am I looking touted. for? Touted. Yeah, touted or, or most prolific, um, I, I guess, hire this, this coaching carousel that's going around. He goes from, I think, Jackson State, right? Correct. To Colorado. Yeah. And Colorado is a part of, I think, the Pac-12. Pac-12. So he's gone from like almost uh, slack, yeah, to Pac-12, you know, top five, right? And then I mean, you know, I know a lot of people are very upset with him leaving, yeah, but he's done a lot for the HBCUs, for HBCUs, and he's really injected a lot of money to Jackson State. So, and it's not like he's going to stop. Oh no, I mean, I mean, a lot of his coaches are staying. The, the, the their new coach, yeah, is actually his guy. Oh really? Yeah, T. C. Oh, okay. Taylor. Yeah, he, he's an alum of Jackson State. He is. Uh, he was on Dion's staff, and uh, okay, I did. I didn't know that Dion had, had, like, like picked him. You know. Yeah. He. Re- oh yeah. So he recommended him, and uh, you know, he, I mean, all the best to him at Colorado. Yeah, no for kidding. Sure. But yeah, no, it's gonna be. You know, you look at a lot of these, co- yeah, and you look at a lot of these coaching contracts, mm-hmm. and you're seeing, you know, obviously, you know, they're negotiating buyouts, and th- the, and what and what is it? The, the buyout. So look at Hugh Freeze's retention bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's break that down. Okay. If what Hugh, is- all right, offer Hugh Freeze gets ten gets uh, like gets his salary up to ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. In exchange for winning a national championship. Okay. He also, and then his retention bonus, he gets a bonus in exchange for him staying at the firm, at the, at the, at the, at the firm, now, at the, at, at Auburn <laughs> for an extended period of time. Now, if I, if I, you know, I, I've talked to, you know, boosters at, at UT and, and some of these other places, nine times out of 10, the, the salary or whatever is is coming from the the university but it's it's all these fringe benefits you know the retention bonuses the 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 endorsements the national championship graduation bonus yeah all of that comes from donors booster club yeah booster club and things like that Mm -hmm. um and how is that worked into the contract if it's coming from somewhere else? Well, usually it's based into a contract. Okay. And then I guess there's a separate financial agreement with the booster club. Okay. That would make sense. But but still, I mean, that would be... Now I know why it takes so much... When, when you're talking about you know college contracts and whatnot, and even professional contracts, now I know why the... Why the I guess the the back and forth between the college and the coach and all that stuff is so well, is so time consuming. Well, remember this: uh, most of these coaches do not negotiate on their own behalf. They have agents that do that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But but still, I mean, when you're going back back and forth, I mean, you're talking a lot of negotiating, and and a lot of times it's. It's over millions of dollars when it comes to these coaching contracts. Exactly. And and benefits and and all that stuff. I mean, Jimbo Fisher over at A and M, his I think his 
his uh, contract is is upwards of seven point five million a year. Exactly. Once you include all the all the bonuses and benefits and all that stuff. And the funny thing is, back in the day, a college coach's contract would be like what half a million dollars plus two cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it now, wasn't a lot. Yeah, now it's just gone. You know, it's 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 going going quicker than inflation. Yeah, I mean our. Um, I think if I remember right, uh, R.C. Slocum at A&M, he coached like 14 years down at A&M. And I think his salary, um, his coaching contract was only about 450000 Think about Jackie Sherrill. Oh, yeah. Thing. Jackie Sherrill. Heck, yeah. Um, same, yeah. He didn't get paid hardly anything either. Uh, some of the greatest coaches professional yeah. or college you know bill wash san francisco he was he coached at stanford first mm-hmm. right yeah he didn't make anything john wooden only made 30 grand a year yeah i know isn't that insane and i mean yeah granted he coached in the fifth in like the 50s and 60s but that's low folks it is it is so we we have about two and a half minutes so here's our bowl picks all right all right so final four the final four um, I think is the first one is the Peach Bowl. And for those of you who are wanting to know when the Peach Bowl is, I'm thumbing through that's all TCU's the Because in that one, right? I don't think so. I think TCU... Yeah, yeah, that's... No, TCU's in the Fiesta Bowl. Okay. So the Fiesta Bowl is at 4 p.m. on Saturday the 31st mm-hmm. with Michigan and TCU. Number two versus number three. Who do you pick? I got. Uh, that's going to be a tough one because um, Michigan's really good. Yeah, they are. Michigan is really good, but that being said, I'm from Texas, so my loyalties for the Horned Frogs also exist. So, but objectively, Michigan. Okay, so here's the way I analyze this game: Michigan's offense versus TCU's defense. Uh huh. Exactly. Who, who wins? I mean, it's all about whether Harbaugh can innovate. Yeah, I mean, true. Because <clears throat> if if TCU's defense wins, that's TCU's game. If 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 Harbaugh can pull a rabbit out of his hat, yeah. I, well, here's here's uh, hoping he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll I want TCU to win this one, but their defense needs to step it step up. Step it up. Yeah. Step it up. All right. So then the other semifinal is in the Peach Bowl. Number one Georgia versus number four Ohio State. Uh, Georgia Bulldogs all the way. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but the George Georgia's athletic director is a good friend of mine and uh, they're very high on this team as well. Yeah. I, I like Georgia in this one just because um, in watching Ohio State through the season, they seem kind of flaky to me. Yeah. Some games they'll show up, some games they won't. And then also, and you know, I think there has not been much innovation as it pertains to um, – there hasn't been much innovation as it pertains to just the game. Yeah. And then and – then, your pr- so you're going to take TCU and Georgia, Michigan and Georgia, or Michigan and Georgia. Okay, so Michigan and Georgia, who wins? Georgia, Georgia. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of thinking too. Yeah, Georgia. I think Georgia is way too good this year. Um, you know, you're really seeing their recruiting class really um, step up, and so as a result, we got that. Okay, folks, uh, I wanted to thank each and every one of you 
for uh, listening to us uh, today. I hope you learned something about contracts today. Hope you learned something about sports today as well. Um, you know, uh, thank you for listening to uh, to us today. And uh, this is Attorney Vivek Bader and um, hope to see you soon.